Hello, my name is Price Man Ray. I'm a divorced single dad, father of five kids, and welcome to my show. <laughs> That's right. Forever Dad, I've been here uh, almost two years now, and it's been a great two years. I get to talk to many people and uh, get a lot of feedback, too. And I'm, I'm glad a lot of people tell me that they like what they hear, because I do this for you, and I do this because my kids always want some advice, and I figure, you know, in the future, maybe they can come back and listen to what I have to say. But before I go on, I want to do my little quote. Cats can be fun. Cats can be good. Sometimes cats can be misunderstood. Now, what does that mean? I have always had cats. I mean, not when I was a little kid, but when I was going to college, I had cats and right out of high school. And I noticed with all the years of my cat experience, all cats are different. No cats are the same. And they all have their own different personalities. And you have to really listen to what they say. And they don't verbally say it, but they can say it with their meows. They can say it with their body movement. But they'll let you know how they're feeling. They'll let you know what's going on. And we have to listen and look at these subtle cues when they want our attention because cats are very intuitive. And they're very talkative and very social, too. Which brings us to our show. Um, The show today is we should listen to our kids. So listen to your child. I I always say, why do we listen to our children? Well, you know, I remember to bring it way, way, way back when my youngest daughter, she was really little. I remember we were living at our old house. And I I had worked, I think I was working third shift, but this must have been on the weekend. So I was home, and it was really late. Um, it was hot. It was the summertime. I had the air conditioner on in the bedroom. We, we didn't have central air, so every room had to have its own air conditioner, which which is pretty good. So it was so hot that my kids wanted to come into my bedroom. So my daughter, she had to be maybe, I don't know, five or six she says, Dad, can I sleep in here? I go, yeah, sure. So she gets in bed with me, and I go, get at the foot of the bed, because I'm sort of a germaphobe. <laughs> I told her, I don't want you breathing all over me at night when I'm sleeping. So I fell asleep. I woke up to see her sitting by the window. And when she was sitting by the window, she was looking out, and she says, Dad, what does a shooting star look like? And I said, huh, really groggy and tired. I said, what? She goes, what does a shooting star look like? I said, a shooting star looks like a white dot going across the sky. She said, I think I just saw a shooting star. Okay, fine, go back to bed. So I'm just about to go back to sleep. She goes, dad, dad. I go, what, what what is it, honey, what is it? Dad, I think I just saw another shooting star. Okay, honey, okay, whatever you say, go back to sleep. I'm just about to go back to sleep again. She goes, Dad, I just saw two of them. Okay, honey, enough already. I want to get some sleep. Go to bed. Now, granted, ever since I was a kid, I've always looked up at the sky. I've always been outside trying to see shooting stars. And I've probably only seen maybe a handful in my whole entire life. But I've always wanted to see a meteor shower, but I've never seen one. So my daughter, she's 
goes back and she lays down. I don't know what she did. Maybe she kept looking out the window, but I fell asleep. The next day I woke up and I listened to the radio and they say, guess what, people? Big meteor shower last night. (laughs) I'm like, are you kidding me? I've been waiting for something like this my whole life and I missed it. Why did I miss it? Because I didn't listen to my daughter. My daughter, she had something very important to tell me. My daughter wanted to tell me, Dad, she saw a shooting star. Dad, if you just take the time to come to the window and look. Dad, maybe if we go outside, you could see what I saw. Stupid me did not listen to my daughter. And to her, this was a very big thing. This was a big deal. This was something she had never, ever seen before. I feel sort of bad about that. Actually, I feel really bad because as a parent, I've always wanted to be there for my child. I've always wanted to listen to my child. If they had something to say, I want to be there. I want to say, I see what you're saying. I understand. You're absolutely right, blah, blah, blah. But at that moment in time, I was so exhausted and tired, I didn't give her the time of day. And I should have. I should have said, okay, you are a parent. You are a father. Wake up. Listen to what your daughter's saying, see what she's looking at, and figure it out. That was my loss. I lost two things that night. I lost seeing a meteor storm, shooting stars all night, and I also lost a moment in time where I could have said I listened to my daughter. And that, that does hurt as a parent. You never want to not be there for your kid. You never want to say, I'm not going to listen. That was a very expensive lesson and a life learning lesson and a lesson that I should have already had known, but I didn't. So we must listen to our kids. We must listen to them because kids always have something good to say, important to say. You know, kids, little kids, and, and you know when, when they get older, it's good too. They, they want to talk too, but... Let's talk about when they're really little. This is a whole new world for them, a new life. They've they've just realized they can talk, they can communicate. They have a lot to say. Their whole world is communicating, is saying, I want to connect to you, I want to connect to you. Hi, 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 bye, bye, bye. Listen to what I have to say. So your child wants to tell you something. They may want to tell you something about school. They may want to tell you, oh, this is what I did today in school. I had lunch. I ate with my friends. I had chocolate milk for the first time, and it was delicious. Dad, how do they make chocolate milk? The the kids are full of questions. Dad, I had grilled cheese. It tastes just like yours. Dad, I had sticky rice. It's so good. How do they make it? I would love to have some rice like that. Kids are expressive. They're full of information they want to connect. We have to listen to them. You know, when they're, when they're kids, they'll even tell you, if you listen, they'll tell you about their friends. Guess what, Dad? Me and my friend played on the jungle gym. Me and my friend made sandcastles. Me and my friend played in the mud. It was raining out, Dad. Me and my friend got wet. We danced in the rain. Our umbrella broke. It was something. To them, it's fun. To you, you're like, oh, my God, I, I better listen because you may get sick tonight. You may get a cold. I, I got to take care of you. No, Dad, no, it's fine, Dad. We had fun. <laughs> Kids will tell you stories. 
They'll tell you stories that you could never imagine because their imaginations are just beginning to work and they're making all the connections. We have to listen to our kids. Kids will tell you about their life, about their dreams, what they want to do. They'll tell you about their books. We have to listen to our kids. And sometimes kids will go on and on and on and on and they'll just babble. (laughs) You will have a kid that babbles, that just talks and talks and talks. But you know what? You have to hold your tongue and you have to listen. Because what your child has to say to you from their point of view is the most important thing in the world since peanut butter and jelly sandwich, since cereal, since sliced bread. It is the most important thing in their life and they want to tell you and let it out. We can't crush their dreams. We can't silence their voice. We can't stifle them. And we shouldn't. We have to listen to our kids because we love them. That's right, we do love our kids. And what they have to say, it's important to them. It makes them feel like they have worth. And we always want our kids to feel like they have worth. I mean, you don't want your kid thinking they're worthless. That's the worst thing. Not to talk to your child, to go through their whole life and not say two words or, or, or just just you know, reacting to their comment. That's, that's no way to talk to a kid to your child. You need to embrace the moment and let your kid know, you know what? You are very important to me. You are the world to me. And what you have to say, I want to hear. Your kids, that's right, your kids can be a handful but they can also be a mouthful (laughs) because your kids love you. And if your kids feel comfortable enough to talk to you, you need to embrace that. You need to say, you know what? I'm glad you feel comfortable talking to me. In fact, I'm going to give you an example. I have always told my kids, guys, I don't care what you do, how bad it is. If you do something bad, if you break something, if you did something wrong, uh, I expect you to tell me right away. If you don't tell me right away, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be very upset because I'm, I'm here to listen. I'm here to talk. I'm, I'm not going to yell, and I won't yell. So I, I, I remember my, uh, I don't know exact, well, there's been a lot of instances in my past, but I'll, I'll give you one example. So I do children's books, and I had drawn all these pictures on my desk. Took me probably maybe a week to do. And I think... Apparently, my my daughter was playing on my desk and she was drinking something and she spilt it all over my pictures. Ruined about seven pictures. That took took me took me about a week to draw. So I didn't see this, but my daughter came running to me and she <laughs> she goes, "Dad, I just want uh, Dad. I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something, Dad." I go, "What? What is it? What is it?" I was at your desk. And I was drinking something, and I spilt it all over your desk, and I ruined all your pictures. My oldest daughter was there. She looked at me. She goes, oh, it's a good thing you told him, because he said, as long as you tell him, he'll never get mad. (laughs) Oh, my daughter called me out on that one. So I said, "Uh, thank you for telling me, honey. And I'm holding my tongue. My anger 
I, I, I don't even know if I was angry because I'm just saying, well, what am I going to do? How am I going to fix this? But I mean, I can draw. I'm just saying to myself, I can draw it again, and I'm trying to convince myself. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe I'll. Maybe they weren't that great, but they were really pretty good pictures. And I said, okay, honey, thanks for telling me. Uh, don't go on my desk again. Uh, Dad's pretty mad right now. That's pretty much how it sounded, because I, I don't really yell at my kids. Probably yelled at them maybe three times in their lives, if if that. And uh, so my, you know, I always tell my kids, if you got something to say, you you tell me because. When they're young, you want to give them the confidence to come talk to you so you're listening. And you can build that kind of a relationship where when they get older, if something happens, they will come to you. Now, I have three girls, and I always hope nothing bad ever happens to them. But I do hope and pray that if something does, they feel confident enough and they feel comfortable to talk to me. I, I Like I said, I, I have three girls, so my girls... My, my girls lived with me, and I remember when they were, uh, when they were hit adolescence and they were having their period, uh, my, my oldest daughter came to me, and she said, Dad, I'm a woman today, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I said, okay, good. I had grown up in a female household, so it isn't like I don't know what to do, but I, we ended up going to the store, and I, there were so many brands of of um, sanitary napkins that women use, I had no clue what was going on. Good thing there was a woman in the aisle because I said, hey, can you help me? I said, I'm, 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 you know, I'm a single dad raising my daughters and she just started her period. I'm not quite sure what to use on these things. That woman was so nice. She listened to me. And come to find out, she was a nurse. So you know, she talked to my daughter, then she talked to me and said, if I need any more advice, let me know. And she'll be there for me. So we exchanged phone numbers, and that was really great. She was really helpful. I really did like that. So even as adults, you know, you want to listen to somebody, and that, that nurse did. Apparently, she's in the field to listen. <laughs> so, and, but I'm really glad that my daughter felt comfortable enough to talk to me about it and come to me and say, Dad, this is what's going on, because I was there to help her. And that comes from years and years of building a relationship, a relationship of trust, a relationship where your child feels comfortable to come talk to you. So when, when I was younger, I remember when I started driving and uh, I, I had my junior's operator's license. So I, was, I, I had went to a church function and to help somebody move and stuff. It, it was like a church function. And when I was coming home, it was about one, or, one o'clock in the morning. I had stopped at a red light. Now, I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm an adult so I don't have to lie. And I, I, I pretty much don't anyways, I don't like to lie. I was at the light for a good four to five minutes. The light, it was red, it didn't turn. You know, it, it, it was in these back rows areas. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So I'm, I'm, I get out of the car, I'm looking at the light, you know, and I get back in the car and I go, well, if it's not gonna turn, I'm gonna have to go, I just can't sit here all night, so I went. As soon as I went, a police car came up out of the bushes and gave me a ticket and said I ran a red light. But yeah, I was young and couldn't really articulate what's going on when obviously the light didn't turn. He knows this. So, but I ended up getting a ticket. Um, I did not have that kind of relationship where I could tell my parents, this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's not my fault. 
Did you run a red light? Yes. Why? There's a reason. It didn't turn. Do they expect you to sit there all night? Uh, that was That's unheard of. So eventually I ended up telling my, telling my parents and, you know, my dad was yelling. He was mad and understandable. But I said when I have kids, I, I, I want my kids to know that if something like that happens, they'll come to me and talk to me and we can work it out. So I'm luckily... I don't think they've gotten any tickets, or if they did, they must have taken care of it themselves. <laughs> but the fact that they, um, you know, that my kids do come to talk to me, that, that that's really good. And because I have three girls, when they were growing up, I always told them too. I said, "You need to talk to me, and I will listen." Because unfortunately, in life, there are bad people out there, and they can abuse you. And I explained the whole thing to them. I said, "This is what can happen." And if anything ever happens, this is what you do. Um, I said, if you're in any situation, I'm not going to lie, a situation where you're kidnapped or whatever, I said, we got to be realistic, you know? The um, bottom line is it's very, very dangerous. And you you may not come home, basically, this is what I told him. You may not come home that day, and I want you guys to come home. But if you don't, these are things you got to do and I explained what they have to do, you know, to leave clues if anything, if they got abducted or, or they died or anything. You always want to have a good relationship, especially with your daughters, with your sons too, because boys can be abused too. But with your daughters, you, you want to say, hey, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. You need to tell me if something happens. If, if something happens at school, if something happens where you say you're gonna go to a party, or let's say you lie and you end up going to a party and something happens there, I won't get mad, we need to take care of this. You never know what can happen. Your safety, my child's safety is the most important thing to me in the world, more than my own. And kids really, really need you there. They really need you to listen, they really need you to be there. Because some, sometimes kids have more information than what parents do. They may have information about, you know, they, they may have friends who are abused and you might have to say, okay, hey, listen, if this is what's going on, what do you think we should do? Get their advice and say, okay, maybe a teacher at school is doing something inappropriate, but you have to listen to your child because when they're young, you want to build that kind of relationship, a relationship where they're they're comfortable coming to you when they're older. That's what we want. We, we want our kids to feel comfortable and be happy and feel safe. Because we want to listen to our children. Now, it's story time. This is called The Eighth Day. And on the eighth day, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a caretaker. So God made a farmer. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at meetings of the school board. So God made the farmer. I need somebody with arms strong enough to rustle a calf and yet gentle enough to deliver his own grandchild. Somebody to call hogs tame 
cankerous machines, come home hungry, have to wait lunch until his wife is done feeding, visiting ladies, then tell the ladies to be sure to come on back real soon and mean it. So God made the farmer. God said, I need somebody willing to sit up all night with the newborn cult and watch it die. Then dry his eyes and say, maybe next year. I need somebody who can shape an axe handle, shoe a horse with a hunk of a car tire, who can harness out haywire, feed sacks of shoe scraps, who can plant time and harvest seasons, who will finish his 40-hour week by Tuesday noon and then paying pained from a tractor back, put in another 72 hours. So God made the farmer. God said, I need somebody strong enough to clear trees, to heave bale, yet gentle enough to tame lambs and wean pigs and tend to pink comb pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint a broken leg of a metal lark. It had to be somebody who'd plow deep and straight and not cut corners. Somebody to seed, weed, feed, breed, and rake, and disc, and plow, and plant, and tie the fleece, and strain the milk, and replenish the self-feeder, and finish a hard week's work with a five-mile drive to church. Somebody who would bail a family together with the soft, strong bonds of sharing, who would laugh, and then sigh, and then reply with smiling eyes when his son says that, He wants to spend his life doing what his dad does. So God made a farmer. So that brings us to the end of our show. Hey, listen, guys, if you want to hear any of my other podcasts, you can download them any time of the day, morning, noon, or night. I want to thank all of you for listening today. It's been great. And don't forget to be nice and talk nice to everyone you see. It's free. Don't be a jerk. And remember... This one last bit of advice. Tomorrow is never promised, so don't go to bed angry at your child or anyone you love. And before you go to bed tonight, hug your child and tell them, I will love you forever, Dad. Hey, thanks for joining me today. Let's do it again. I'll see you next time here on my show. Be kind, be well, be back, and peace. That's my son, if you're watching this on video in the background. (laughs) I'll see you next time here. Bye.